Welcome to Encouraging Truths for Today. We're glad to bring you this message from First Baptist Church in Crockett, Texas. Now please join us as we learn to grow deeper in our relationship with God and each other. You know, when, uh, back when we uh, began the elder group, um, that was part of the understanding is that each of us would have an opportunity to bring the message. And um, I can say in most cases, you know, someone would save the best for last. I'm sorry to say I don't believe that's the case. Um, I have two uh, very godly pastors in my life that I get to share the eldership with. And uh, a, a non-professional brother who brought an amazing message himself. But I'm behind the cross and... Um, I serve an amazing God who he perfects me in what he's done for me. Um, I uh, very reluctantly decided I would go through with this preaching or sharing the message. Uh, I don't feel as though I have the authority um, that someone that may be trained and educated in the ways of a pastor, but I know through God's grace all things are possible when you... You want to honor and obey him. And um, with great reluctance, up until this morning, uh, God has affirmed me through not only the Sunday school. You're going to find that uh, I didn't share with Brother Kenny the content of what I was going to share this morning. But you're going to see that God is incredible with the way he orchestrates things. It's for his purpose when we choose to glorify him. And I'll try to hold it together, but he has overwhelmed me this morning. He really has. Um, in, a, in a minute, I want us to go to Exodus 20, and uh, we're going to read the Ten Commandments, something that should be near and dear to us and familiar. But um, since I found out they weren't going to let me out of my obligation to preach, um, I have been praying and searching for the topic that I would uh, share the message on. And this recurring thing kept coming back time and time again. And it was, it was the, the need to share a message of love. Um, I went to a funeral uh, about two months ago. Um, it was uh, the wife of a of someone I've known since I was a child. And uh, it was a biracial marriage. Um, they met and married some almost tw- uh, 30 years ago. Uh, no children ever came to their marriage through her, but he had some from a previous marriage. And I say all that to say this, the testimonies that were given about her um, from her children, the ones that she took in as her own and then her grandchildren and then her friends it was just it was the woman exuded love um, and and that was the message that everyone that shared a testimony about their relationship with her kept that recurring thing just kept coming she was full of love so um, really that's uh, in a nutshell through prayer, and then uh, just I just felt like this was the this is the core of the message that I was to bring today. 
So if it's convenient for you, uh, would you please stand in honor of the reading of God's word? It's going to be Exodus chapter 20. We all know it as uh, the Lord given Moses the Ten Commandments. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. And it's just amazing how I didn't know. I just didn't. But I knew God was at work. So I just have to trust that. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself any uh, your, yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything in, that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to, the, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your works, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. And you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Holy Father, I thank you for the peace that you've given me this morning. You've taken away the, the reluctance to come here and proclaim your word. Father, give me the boldness and the confidence that I'm sharing the message that honors and glorifies you and you alone. I thank you, Father, for all you've done, all you do now, and all you've yet to do. For it's in the powerful name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I have asked um, Brother Kenny as our chief shepherd, that if he hears any word from my mouth that is not uh, God-honoring, God-fearing, and, and of the Bible, to call me out. He has my permission. So should that happen, and I get off track, he'll get me. The Bible says that God is love. It's the perfect source to learn how to love God, love others, and yourself. The world has twisted the meaning of love. 
but the Bible remains the steadfast, unchanging, true source on how to, how to love in a healthy, meaningful, and God-honoring way. All Scripture is God-inspired, but what makes the Ten Commandments different is that the Bible says they were written by the very finger of God, as if to say, listen to what I'm telling you. They deserve extra special attention and our obedience. In a nutshell, the Ten Commandments tells us how to love God, love others, and to love ourselves. The first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. If we are to have no other gods before him, we must love him. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven says, You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Not only was it first in God's list, Matthew's reminding us of that. It's the first thing. No other gods. What does it mean to love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind? Obey Him. The Ten Commandments are not suggestions. They're commands. You can't pick and choose. Another one I think, even as Christians, we struggle with being reverent. He's not your buddy. He's not an acquaintance. He's God. He created you and me and everyone you know and everything you see and everything you don't see. You touched on science. There's an incredible world that we never see both microscopic and macro. The study of the sciences can lead someone to say, oh my goodness, there is a God. And we've witnessed testimony from, uh, I can't recall the, pre the well, I was calling him a preacher, he was preaching to me that day. But uh, we went to a uh, church-wide visit, it's some 20 years ago, in Lufkin, and there was a professor there that was given his testimony. He pursued the answer to life most of his life through study and diligent study and, and just really getting deep into molecular things and stuff that I have no idea of. And he said he got to the point where he had to give up, you know, because he didn't believe in God. He thought there was an answer inside this thing that was going to tell him how life came about. And he said, the deeper I got, every level I uncovered got more and more complex. And he said, there's just no way there's not a God. No way. The same could be said. Like we can see the moon. We can see the sun. But we can't see the vastness that's beyond it. We see the stars, the little twinkles at night. But God, who loves us, did all of this. And just 
to understand just what we can see is amazing. So much we can't see. God is so deep on so many levels. Another thing about it is uh, why he, we shouldn't see him as a, as a buddy or an acquaintance is that he has all authority over life and death. A person who chooses to kill, they, they're really not, they don't have the, the authority. God has allowed it or he didn't, and that's hard to swallow. But it's either your time or it's not, and God allows those things. And something that sometimes I think we forget is uh, our Creator offers us eternity with Him in paradise. It's not a you know a really fun vacation. It's eternity with your loving Father. I don't know that we'd really grasp that either. I really don't. Another thing, if we love God, we'll seek Him. We'll seek Him through prayer, daily prayer. Not just when things are good, oh, thank you, God, you took care of that for me. Thank you, God, uh, you know, the check didn't bounce. Thank you, God, the car made it. It's to thank Him when the car doesn't make it. Thank Him for that small portion you have instead of a full meal. It's to give thanks in all things. Because if we are in a right relationship with God, and I'm preaching to myself, I hope you all know that, when I am in a right relationship with God, there are things to be learned in the bad times. And something that took me most of my life to get, and I still haven't arrived, is that I have made so many dumb mistakes. And mostly because I didn't go to him for wisdom. God is the only source for wisdom. And he won't just give it out. You have to ask for it. You have to understand that he is the only source for true wisdom. Not the worldly wisdom, but the stuff that honors and glorifies your creator. He's the only source. He desires a personal relationship with each of us. He wants to know you intimately. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider one another to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. He wants us to fellowship right here where we're gathered today. Corporate worship. Prayer, corporate worship. And we can pray corporately. But he desires that. He wants it from us. And we're the better for it when we do it. My last point on how to love God is fear Him. This too took me most of my life to figure out. I can't tell you how many times I've lost sleep 
or stressed out over fearing what someone could do to me or circumstances. God is the only being in our existence worthy of our fear or in existence worthy of our fear. Matthew 10, 28 sums it up. And this is what helped me to overcome the fear of people and situations. And do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. You fear the one that can kill your soul. That's the only one worthy of our fear. I hope you get that before I did. I was in my late 40s when I finally figured that out. No individual, no circumstance, nothing is worthy of our fear when we have a right relationship with our Heavenly Father. Nothing. Going on to the second part, love others. And the reason I read the Ten Commandments first is because it covers these three areas I'm covering with you now. Love God, love others. Then take care of yourself. Love others. Love your mother and father by honoring them, caring for them, and obeying for them. I think in a nutshell it says it. Um, took me a long time to really get that. I always loved my mom, my dad. But I was kind of bitter about some of the things that happened during my childhood. But I've learned, you know... I've, I've discovered how imperfect I am with raising my family. Man, it was a lot easier to give some grace after that. So, then there's the commandment about do not murder. Respect and honor life. This includes the unborn. The elders had the privilege of meeting with Miss Sharon Tucker a few weeks ago. And she came to the elders and talked about an opportunity for our church to be a part in the very near future of a movement. Uh, and I hope I'm getting this right, Miss Tucker. It's 40 Days for Life. Um, and I really hope that each and every one of you that's not hindered in some way takes part in it. But... Um, I'm not going to share a lot of details, but we'll have the opportunity as a body of believers to show our love for God by showing our love for those that have either experienced an abortion or are contemplating it. And here's the challenge for me. It's not, it's not difficult for me to extend grace and love to someone who either has been led to believe that's the answer or someone who has done it. What's the challenge for me is something she shared that you can't, you can't be a part if you're not willing to extend love and grace to the people in the industry. That's a challenge for me. But through her sitting there with us, I've come to understand love, God wants them to come to repentance as well. And they need it. I mean, my goodness. They're in an industry that is driven by the killing of innocent lives. And it changes the life forever of those who have experienced it. So 
I look forward to all of us that are able to participate in that as more details come forward. I do believe with all my heart it's an opportunity to honor God. Okay, I lost my place a little bit. Y'all bear with me. I'm not a trained uh, pastor. <laughs> Organization's not my strong suit. Um, going on here. Uh, and one thing that she also touched on is uh, the changing of laws concerning abortion is one thing, but God's concerned about changing hearts and attitudes towards abortion. And that really helped me refocus too because I kept thinking, well, we need to change our laws. And we do, we do. But we need to pray for the change of hearts, which the laws will come then if we have changed hearts. Matthew eighteen fourteen. This lends itself to why we need to care about the things God cares about. Matthew eighteen fourteen. Even so... It's not the will of the Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. And then Second Peter, this is those that are in the industry. Second Peter 2.9, the Lord is not slack in his promise as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Then loving others also includes your spouse. We can show our love for God by loving the one he gave us to share our lives with, to be our helpmate, to raise our families together. It's a huge area of opportunity for me and I know many others. And then last but not least, um, we, we have the permission to love ourselves. Now, there's, there's several extremes. You can love yourself so much that nobody wants to be around you, right? We've, we've, we've all experienced some people like that, and that's not a healthy love for yourself. And then you can put yourself off so much taking care of others that you neglect yourself. That's not good either. Because if you're not healthy and taking care of yourself, you can't take care of others and the business that God has for you to take care of. So somewhere in the middle, there's a healthy love. Someone said, and I was kind of reluctant to share this, but it, it's, it's very true. God don't make no junk, and he made each one of us. So you can know that if the Holy Spirit chooses to, to dwell inside you, you are special. You're special. It's okay to love yourself just with a healthy love that's focused on God and your relationship with him. Psalm 139, verse 14. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. And then in Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. You are special. It's okay to love yourself. The last three commandments, don't steal, don't lie, and don't covet, 
are also in place to help keep us from doing things that will separate us from having a right relationship with God and others. In Galatians 5, the Bible says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. There are so many things about love and how to love in the Bible. I've only picked a few. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now abide faith, hope. Uh, I'm sorry, faith, hope, and I left out love. <laughs> I'm not a trained minister. Did I mention that already? And now abide faith, hope, and love. These uh, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And then First Peter 4, 8. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. And I'll follow up, or I'll finish up with this. God created us for fellowship with Him. He is the author of love. And His love was manifested for all of us to see when Jesus went to the cross for us. A very familiar verse, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. We would like to thank you for joining us for this message from First Baptist Church in Crockett, Texas. First Baptist desires to be a house of prayer with a heart for people, making a difference by making disciples from our neighborhood to the nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, please visit www.firstcrockett.org. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you.